Janie Jacquet, thank you so much for joining us here in the workroom on Sissy That Pod. And I must say at the top, I genuinely have not seen the spoilers for this season. Last week, when John Prisbon went home, I happened to have her season four sister. Now Kate Minaj has got home, I have her Dutch sister on. Am I, maybe I'm just an excellent booker. I don't know. How are you enjoying this season? And are you disappointed Kata is gone? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, babe. I'm really enjoying this season. It's um, the whole concept of international girls coming together is a really fun concept. Uh, there's so many influences coming together, which is really fun to watch. And especially seeing how they, you know, want to book some alliances or not, or how they're responding to it. And, and also this season, you really notice like the UK girls aren't safe because it is in the UK. So it's very interesting development. Um, and uh, I actually, I, I watched the episode last night with the girls and Kata was there. And it was hard to see her get eliminated. Um, and the last pre- review show that I did uh, was also the episode that she got eliminated. So <laughs> this is the world telling us this is my forte. <laughs> did you, I mean, did you know she was going home when I, when we had the date in the calendar? Mm, no. No, okay. when we when we um, re- when we requested a day to do a podcast, all I said was, I really want to do an episode where Kata will be in the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think the universe is laughing at us. Ha 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 ha. It happens. <laughs> but uh, no, I did. I, did, I don't watch spoilers um, yeah, at all, I... really. No, I don't enjoy that. I, I really enjoy. Um, also for the girls, like I've, I've lived through the experience, you know, how, how long they have to keep their mouth shut. You really want to go in it and experience, you know, how they made it and what they did and um, enjoy it that way. Absolutely. Right. We'll, we'll jump to the start of the episode. I know I kind of jumped to the end there, but we'll jump back to the start. Tia is uh, revealing who that she sent home John Purse as well, which surprised me. I, I, I thought she might be more willing to kick off Keita than... Um, because Keta had just been in the bottom once, she get yeah, she was kind of more of a threat. I'm surprised she kicked up with John Purse, but then we get some kind of tea, like relatively warm tea about like you know, the reason why I sent her home over all my other UK sisters is neither of you had an argument with my ex boyfriend on their season, which I thought was <laughs> like in there, but I was like, oh, I need more about that. <laughs> I we were watching it and um, I mean immediately we said Tia is making television gold like she really knows how to play that it's funny it's relatable she is is, she's so sweet in real life but it also really translates in her you know goofy way of being herself and and we really enjoy it i mean there's there's so much tea to behold um but i i I mean i appreciated her just being real about it you know it's always it's always a little awkward revealing that lipstick on that couch oh absolutely and then i was trying to remember I don't know if I can remember whether this argument between Pixie and Jumpers was on screen or off screen or like my mind was whirring then in the background trying to remember if there was like something that we saw. I don't know if you can remember or not. I don't remember. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, there's so many little talks and fights and stuff that I'm like, wait, <laughs> what she talking about again? Yes, microaggressions, darling. It was it was your season where there was a fight at the catering table, wasn't there? It was the, I think I remember there was Abby and Seder Jean. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. It's, it's one of those uh, when the cameras go off and then the girls pop the fuck off. It was very, um, yeah, messy, to say the least. <laughs> I, I was like, I've never seen an argument over at the catering table before, but I'm living for it. I was like, I mean, it gave, us, it gave us one of the most iconic nepa, 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 nepa wives yes. comments of the season. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. And I think that's what's really 
I really enjoyed this season because it kind of feels like the Eurovision of Drag Race. I know obviously Marina is there and Scarlett's there as well, but it just feels like it's like a pan-European drag race and you see the influences from different corners. Uh, I mean, Hannah's there as well. But I guess, you know, Australia in Eurovision, um, which I really enjoy. I know there's a global All-Stars coming soon as well, which I guess will be more of a global look. But um, do, do you find that as well when you watch it, the kind of pan-Europe influence on the show? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, because we've had so many, it was so US based for such a long time. It is really interesting seeing all these different influences and especially if, they, if they're bringing them together. Um, I think with the Global All-Stars, they're probably, it's just going to be different rules than there is on the UK versus the world seasons. Okay. Yeah, um, I think they will be, probably will be a little bit more US based. Hopefully they'll do the same thing where girls just don't go home. I think we really all enjoy that as fandom and as as Drag Race girls. Um, where you could get to show everything you bring instead of yeah. going home. So I, I do love that concept. Um, but I, I, it's just a wonderful experience. And it's the same thing I experienced in my season. All of these different ideas and views of drag and, and different um, uh, backgrounds, you know, how, how, you, how you went into drag and how you learned to do drag and all these different stories coming together really creates um, a beautiful sisterhood. I know, and I mean, like, UK versus the world season one, like kind of g- birthed Jimbo onto a, a global stage and stuff like that, and Pangina, and I was it was mm-hmm. such a brilliant season to be in the room with everybody. Who who do you think you learned the most from on your season? I mean, definitely, I would say Juju B because she's such a veteran. You know, she just yeah. knows she just knows the tea. It's like she she really taught me a lot to be in the moment, and um, and she said something really quite beautiful. Um, that I still hold to myself every like every couple of days. I still remind myself. She said, Janie, if you don't win, it means there's no end to your story and you can always come back, darling. <laughs> <laughs> and then she made me go like, yeah, losing is kind of the new winning. You know, there's always yeah. there's always more to be written. You know, not that if you win, it's the end because now we do have all winter seasons and there's a different. Uh, but it wasn't at the time when I did the season. Um, yeah. So you know, it, it, it taught me a lot, and 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 um, it, I mean, it, yeah, everybody really did. We all sort of grew together, but I would say Juju, yeah, Juju, yeah. I mean, I love Juju, one of my favorites. Yeah. I'll never, never stop talking about Juju on this podcast. Um, who of this? So out of this season's cast, kind of who's remaining? You know, we we see Scarlett having to choose from the remaining eight people uh, to go who on their snatch game. Who of these would you have most liked to compete against? Um, just in general, I mean, I it, it's hard to say because I would love to have been in the same room with so many of these queens to mm. be able to just giggle and laugh and learn and, and just, you know, talk crazy. Um, and then also competing, but I would have loved to be there with Tia Coffey. I think she's such a special person, so beautiful. I followed Hedaconda for way before she went on Drag Race. Um, and she's such a hoot. I would have loved to be there with her. Um, I think Theresa May has a really crazy mind uh, that uh, that may have unlocked some crazy stuff in me too. Um, and then it, I think I think with Le Grand Dame, I would just be in awe, just in awe of her beauty and the fashion and the beating and the sequins and the the, the height. And but there's definitely a couple of those that I would have loved to. Uh, compete against just I not mean, in I, any snatch game because we all know how that went for me you know? well we i've got questions on that a bit later on mm. but the, the grand dam is only 23 i think i saw i was like what like she feels so fully formed and i know like you have a queen like aquaria or whatever who won when she was 21 or whatever but like 
for her second season out and to see her being friends with Jean-Paul Gaultier and stuff like that, she just feels so fully formed that it's wild she's only 23. I think the word is sophisticated. I think that's like, that's that's really what I feel when I look at her. It's sophisticated. It's statuesque. It is like, it's 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 something you're born with. You know, that's it's just the, 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 the je ne sais quoi that she has. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Europeans, like... yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to compare her and I, to Gothi, who, and look, I mean, we're all on our own indiv- individual journey, but Gothi is kind of two or three years older than her. And it's still, like, as she says, figuring herself out and seems to kind of lack this sophistication or confidence in herself because like the drag is great but just like can't let go it's really you know to see how the grand has conquered those demons already is is yeah, pretty impressive it is it is and and, and for Gotti, it's like we all know we all kind of know you know there's it's such a pressure cooker of a moment and it's such a moment in time we always say this to everybody who's watching the show you know, and, and if one slight little doubt of that inner demon can really, really, really um, create a fog. I think that's really what she's having. There's a little bit of fog in her mind. Um, but we're, we're hoping and we're praying that she's going to break through that. We're, I think we're, we, she's so endearing to everyone. We love watching her. She's stunningly gorgeous. So, you know, she's going to pull through. I, we feel it. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, let's talk about the Snatch Game. Uh, so, I mean, the choosing of the teams means kind of nothing here, really, because everyone's playing individually. It's just whether you get to be with Sneeta or Jane McDonald. And even then, mm. they didn't even get to choose that, it seems like. But Scarlett chooses Hannah, Teresa, and Tia on her team. I was wondering whether that would have been a bad choice because, you know, maybe you need to be with people who aren't as good as you to make you look better, but... I think in the end, it was it was perfectly fine. Uh, three of the queens had won Snatch Game already. Hanaconda, Kate Minaj, and La Grande Dame. Uh, and this kind of comes up when they do the walkthrough with Rue. Um, <clears throat> Rue here talked about not worrying about the accuracy and f- finding on the funny and keeps kind of talking about dropping accents. And from like an impersonation point of view, I think the accent is pretty important. I think ultimately he's right in that finding the funny is more important but i was wondering whether he specifically focused on this on this episode because he's aware that people are coming to this competition with different levels of english and different levels of being able to take off other people's accents and uh was trying to give them a kind of a way out which if that's the case i appreciate yes with rue it's always sort of is it a way out or are you confusing me like, are you throwing me <laughs> off my balance? Yeah. Ma'am, Miss Ma'am. Um, no, I, it was, we were, we had the same comment. We were like, we were spotted. It was like, just like, oh, a little bit of the accuracy. We're like, huh? But that's mm. so difficult. And that's one of those things that Rue is really great at is really pushing those boundaries and really opening your you up as a person, as a, as a performer. And then as the actor, you're doing your snatch game. You have, you, you learn so much about the accuracy of a character you're doing. Um, that you sort of have to trust on the level that that that's, that's in your body, and then you have to go and play off of that, and you really have to yeah. push crazy boundaries, you know. And that is a really scary part. I had the same confusion with with Rue when he said to me, he's like, uh, "Janie, it's it's more about layers. Like you are a certain person, you are a character, but that character can play a different character." So he would say, he would tell me like, "Oh, um, your idea of doing tan mom." 
why don't you, you know, last week we told you, you look like Catherine Zeta-Jones. Why don't you play the character as Catherine Zeta-Jones, the actress being hired to play the role of Tan Mom? And with that, you, it was really confusing. I see you looking. It's really yeah. confusing. But it, <laughs> but it, confused, to him, it was like, it creates different layers where you can really go off and play crazy. And it doesn't matter because you're the actress playing the role. So it's, it's you know what he, yeah. And you know what he, he does? He does love to do that. He does love to throw the girls off just slightly, ever so slightly before the Snatch Game. I hear what he's saying in that, like, I remember he gave Lady Camden the critique or like the suggestion to play Shakespeare like Joanna Lumley from Absolutely Fabulous. Yes. And I think that works because yes. you're characterizing Shakespeare in a really, really fun way. Whereas like if you play Joanna Lumley, you kind of have to heighten Joanna Lumley. Whereas if you play Shakespeare, you're, you're starting from zero and you can kind of take whatever you want. I think it works in that scenario. But Catherine Zeta-Jones playing Tan Mob. <laughs> Right. So strange to me. Right. That's also why I just didn't make that choice because I was like, okay. And then they went, uh, Jenny, you have 45 minutes. And I was like, well, well, we're going to do the one we know. Uh, here we are. But I think, yeah. So, it, and, and the choices of teams, I, you know, if it's a regular Snatch Game format, it is really important to be, you know, the one and all the way out there and um, sort of being able to bounce off Rue, but bounce off every all of the other girls and uh, really, really outshine everyone in that right. But when you do the family edition, it is important sort of to have a family resemblance sort of comedy-wise or strength-wise in the panel. Um, because if, like, if, if three of the girls are really good and then one is, like, really bad, it could sort of drag down... Mm. Well, that was that was me and my family. You know what I'm saying. So it can but, it mean, can sort Blue of make was... it harder to to bounce. Yeah, Blue was able to bounce off you really well. I think which kind of yeah. gave them a leg up in a way that, from what we saw anyway, I don't know what it was like in the room. Monique didn't seem to interact with the rest of the family, even though I think that fa- like that character would have been the perfect person to read the whole family. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So t- talk to me about James Charles because you did such a good job as Annie Shielder what was it about James Charles that just got you tangled up was it the English was it just the character choice was it Rue compared to Fred um I think well when I did Annie Shielder that was I had a I had an advantage of speaking a dialect that most of this country doesn't even understand let alone the world um so I could really really play off of that and she she sort of has that really dry humor with everything that she's just saying because it's just in that dialect so that was really for me a really big advantage to play with there um and it and it just felt felt more comfortable like I was uh, intimidated by the girls in the rook room this time around you know I was a bit of an underdog you know there were really some strong girls there especially character developing character acting wise so it was a bit scary and then I had that whole conversation with Rue and I was just you know doubting a lot it was very in my mind I had to sort of act really quickly and then we got on set and people have to understand also it's just an ice cold silent room you know it's not the the gimmicky fun edit it's not the sound effects it's just you acting this stuff in front of a camera without anybody confirming if it's good or not good you know so um, I think I just got really in my head and I was I was too scared to take it all the way or to go there or to really pop crazy answers and questions and, you know, and everything out there. And it, it just flatlined a little bit. But I survived. That, 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 that was nice. 
but it's really hard. It's really difficult, you know. And it and I and I always applaud girls that go on Drag Race and do it. Um, and if especially if they they excel in it, but it's just really hard, babe. Who would you do so, on a snatch game? Yeah, I, I get asked this, I guess, because I do this podcast all the time. Um, and I did do I, I in Dublin we hosted like a basically uh, uh like a fringe show of a snatch game, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I was the host, so I didn't have to do it. But I do know. Do you know? Do you know Susie Dent? She is a um. Do you know the, do you know the British TV show Countdown? No, no. Okay, <laughs> it's basically a game where you get nine letters and you have to make the longest word from those nine letters. But she's this woman who sits in the dictionary corner, okay. and she always like knows like the origin of words and all this sort of stuff. And she's like really posh. She's a frozen face, well, semi frozen face. And I think if you, I think there's a real fun game in making up weird long Victorian words and saying them in a posh accent but they're actually about filthy things I think that's the sort of game I would play if I had to do it yeah that's funny that's, that's a good yeah. shtick to go off of yeah and it's kind of yeah. different and like she's kind of famous enough like for uh, this is obviously only work in a UK world and again you're, you'd have to do it to RuPaul and if RuPaul doesn't know who she was you'd probably, you might have to pivot but like if I had to do an impersonation I would try to do something like that I think yeah that's smart oh. I think that's also really smart what I thought about later Lady Liberty it's yes. really like, and and I was watching the episode with Envy and Chelsea last night, and um, uh, we all all three of us said it's so smart because it's a statue. So there's anything is possible. You can go any way you want with any type of comic comedy or anything because there's not a a, a sort of a, a shtick or a narrative that everybody knows already, um, which yeah. is just a really smart choice. Yeah, things like that yeah. are really really good. And I think I think we're beginning to see. Queen's clocking onto that because even in the US version there was Amelia Earhart there was Trina's cousin who wasn't even a real person yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah take genius. Rue's advice from take Rue's advice from you season 16 next time you go on and just be your friend that's all. <laughs> just yeah. choose a wacky friend <laughs> act like them and then say it's I don't know so a funny. famous Dutch person's sister or something I should just go back as Annie Skilded and just pretend that she's the most famous woman in the world and just be like how can you never heard of how is it possible play Annie Skilder and just say she's like an obscure Eurovision act from the Netherlands and people would buy it I'll go in as Annie Skilder and then be like a really famous English person and just I'll be I'll be Annie Skilder but I'll be Annie Skilder played by Catherine Tate yeah (laughs) Not Catherine Taylor-Jones, Catherine Taylor. Yes, the other Catherine. <laughs> See that I got three layers to go off, <laughs> baby. And now you feel all comfortable. That's the thing. Now when you're when you're doing it, now you're watching the show. You're like, oh, this is what I would do. Oh, this is where I want to go. Oh my god, I would play that character. But then when you're doing your preparations and you've got so much on your plate and you're there and then you're in your mind and the days are long and it's like, it's just you know like how to let go it is it, it we should create a magic pill for that could just should just be like snatch game buy me now <laughs> uh okay let's get into some of the performances let's let's start out with lady liberty uh because we just spoke about her there you're totally right i think this was a really fun concept just do a new york accent i loved the can i put this down i've been holding this for however Genius. 40 years or whatever brilliant uh i hate when a man tells me to smile i thought was good the third answer about the subway you know probably wasn't as funny as the rest of them but gave her lots of room to basically just be a disgruntled new yorker which worked really well yeah i mean you know you write down an answer you have to go you have to go with it um 
you know, it's a, it's a, it was a smart thing to think about things that are frustrating as a New Yorker, you know. Um, but it's also when you do get the answers of Rue, like or the show giving you the answers that they thought would be the answer to the to, to the to the question. They're always yeah. so crazy that it, it really gives you like, oh, we should go all the way. We should go all the way. Um, but no, really funny, like really funny. You can't be funny in, in every fucking answer, you know, but um, no, I thought it was really, really, really good. She looked amazing. She looked stunning. The makeup was really, really good. Um, it, it's just a really smart choice. Well done. I, I think that also when, know... when she was choosing her team, she wasn't too stressed. because She was like, I, I do have something that is really strong, I would say. Yeah. And actually, I was thinking... Um... I mean, I'd have to run the numbers on this, but I wonder, is she the queen who's been in the most episodes of Drag Race and has never done Snatch Game? Because I was so surprised. Well, I mean, like I was actually trying to think. I don't think she had done Snatch Game before. And then obviously she confirms that. But it is kind of surprising because she's been in a lot of episodes. And yeah, i never done Snatch Game, which is interesting. I also wanted to know what was Lady Liberty's book? Like, I would have loved if she had like said, oh, you know, Rue was like, well, what's the book you're holding? And she was like, Fifty Shades of Grey or something like that. I think there was like, we had the joke with the torch. I would have loved to know about the book as well. Yeah, that's actually a good one. I didn't even think about it. Um, I mean, yeah. again, easy, you, you, easy you sort of, here. Yeah, you try to just push in everything you have at one, like the moment your name gets called, you're like, this is all the material I have. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I never really thought about the book even. Uh, let's go to Hanaconda who gave us Shirley Temple now I think I think she's unlucky because this would have been filmed before All Stars 8 aired so it's kind of a shame that we'd already seen Shirley Temple from a Jimbo already but she still did a really good job yeah I, the good thing was that it was very different from what Jimbo did it was a very much in her own ride uh, cuckoo crazy and she went all the way and it was very childlike darling childlike uh but yeah no it it, it you know it, it, it is scary sometimes when people choose the same characters but because they are such iconic characters there's many ways to go and it's very relatable so it was a it was an amazing performance great performance um please can i book you to tap dance on my birthday darling faster <laughs> darling faster <laughs> yeah it was great it was this was a lot more i guess sincere or straight up shirley temple than like jimbo's crazy clown shirley temple and also like jimbo's so tall that it sort of just looked like a kind of monstrosity whereas hannah really pulled it off like the kind of childlike wonder but with like the glint in the eye worked really well yeah the geekiness of it you know the, the cute relatable geekiness and also there was not another character in the room doing the same thing so that was that worked really well yeah speaking about characters in the room doing the same thing let's talk about the double bill of Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn and when you mentioned <laughs> earlier on about like being able to bounce off each other and how that's kind of important from what we saw we didn't actually see the real housewives of Henry VIII which we really could have got into if we wanted yeah. to with the two of them they didn't seem to speak at all which is kind of a missed opportunity well I mean one of them was dead by the time the other one came so yeah. you know that that was part of it probably well I mean they're probably you know it was a little bit well, yeah I could have been very yeah. housewives I do have to say though we died hackled laughing when Tia was giving the finger like multiple times she yes. was just, just flipping her off and I thought that was really funny because she, she, she was like I don't care talking to you but fuck you yes. it was just really good it was really good um but yeah the, you know you you 
it was, I, I babe, it is it is those moments where you I think that girls want to stick to the material because that's what they know. And it's scary to go into that sort of, oh, these are the housewives thing. It's scary to go there if you haven't rehearsed, if you haven't talked about it, you're still in a competition. It's sort of I think that is what happened there, but both really funny. Uh, yes. But Tia really, really pulled it in for me there. Oh, me too. Like, you know, how's your head? Well, I've actually had s- several, several complaints. many complaints. <laughs> yeah. So it, it felt so natural, like her without a head. It felt so good and natural and stunning. Yeah. And I mean, obviously the outfit as well. Tia is so tall. She must put on her knees or something like that to try to get her head so low to the table. Yeah, for sure. Because you saw when she was flipping um a Teresa off the head was like awkwardly sort of trying to be low but had to be on top of the desk to be seen you know, like, yeah so and the handwriting was so bad as well because she was probably using her bad hand to write and yeah the whole thing was yeah, so yeah, good yeah. In, compa- was... in comparison oh my god yeah that was totally true because she was she was holding the head in one hand she couldn't write with probably she's left-handed or yeah or the other way around oh yeah, my god yeah i didn't is she yeah. I don't know if she's left-handed, but I think it was her left hand that was holding her head, so... um... Oh, that's so funny, I didn't even (laughs) realise. Catherine of Aragon, look, I'm not a history buff. My mum knows these women inside out. (laughs) She'd be able to tell me more about this. I don't know if I really if I really got much from her other than like she just played I felt like a generic wife of Henry VIII the one who survived the fact that she was from Spain didn't really come into it there was no like oh I'm Spanish but I married a friend you know I would have liked to see more of that I guess I mean it was smart being uh Spanish living in the UK and having that that narrative you could have you could have uh, opened that up a little bit more definitely maybe in the accent because we don't really know how these women really talked in that day or how how they would have sounded so you could have pushed that one a little bit more um cuz even Tia gave Anne Boleyn this real like londoner like yeah kind of <laughs> aggressive angry. Vo- yeah, yeah exactly voice whereas Catherine I don't know it was it, I didn't really learn much about her her this version of the character yeah like i said it's they're iconic but you can go so many different ways because we don't really have footage of these women living their days um i mean you know now with 60 musical we learn a lot more about these women but then also they gave them such a different sort of narrative and, and a really poppy funny vibe um you could have also taken a little bit from that maybe because it is such a really famous musical at the moment and it's really touring and all the way out there so there were different facets that i think she could have popped into her herself um but i love the syphilis joke i mean i think that's very relatable i like the syphilis joke too but i was wondering how historically accurate it was and i was like i must ask my mom about syphilis <laughs> Mom, <laughs> did Catherine of Aragon have yeah. syphilis? <laughs> was it that time though? I, I think it was. Wasn't it? Wasn't it other queens in? No, I think that's much later. Actually, really. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm wasn't it Elizabeth? Wasn't Elizabeth's sister who went nuts from syphilis? Oh, maybe. I mean. Not my royalty. I don't know much about them. Here we are. Like <laughs> okay, let's I barely know anything about my own royal family yeah. here. So <laughs> what are we talking about here? Speaking about royal family, how much do you know about Jane MacDonald? Well, I love Jane MacDonald. I, uh, yeah, I'd be definitely, if you work with any queen from the UK in general, Jane MacDonald will pop into a conversation here or there. 
Um, no, she's uh, Jay McDonald is an icon for for the UK. Definitely, her music is amazing. You know, it's it's really really. And I thought she was the funniest in that family. She was the funniest <laughs> in that family. Oh, I do swallow. <laughs> she, yeah, sausage. Exactly. It was perfect. Yeah, I mean, she she showed her queer icon bona fides in this episode yeah. in a way that I'm I'm you know. And, and Sunita, we we know Sunita because she was always on the X Factor. She's Simon Cowell's best yeah. friend. She had a pop career in the eighties, but Sunita will never live up to the the leaf dress that she had on X Factor one year. I'm sure you, you know this leaf yeah, dress. Yeah, I'm talking about. We yeah, know the leaf dress, yeah. Uh, yeah. So in comparison, Sunita, I don't know if she gave us what we were looking for the way Jane McDonald did, unless she wore that leaf dress. So, what does Jane McDonald mean to you? Uh, I just know her as a camp. Uh, cruise singer um who yeah just like camp and theatrical and fun and like has managed to craft this career of from something that people kind of look down their noses at like being able to perform on a cruise ship but it, it has a talent and she's managed to like carve a career i think that's very admirable yeah beautiful so let's go on to her family <laughs> and also sorry i think it missed like the the runway theme was nautical looks slash gone cruising which i feel was a direct reference to jane mcdonald being on the episode but yet she didn't get to sit in the panel and that's exactly what i said and exactly what i thought i was like i was so waiting for them to announce her as the guest judge yeah um i mean you know with the nautical and then like the water and then we had tom which is you know there it's still there it's still there yeah that's it's true still there. that's true um, but yeah, I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, wait, isn't she on the panel? Isn't isn't she like the the experienced, you know, yeah. nautical fashionista? Like if I'm ever on a ferry, I think I'm Jane McDonald. I mean, that's that's how my brain works. I would love you to make a video of her doing her music <laughs> next time you're on a ferry. <laughs> yeah, except it's just a ferry and there's like a crisp stand or something like that. It's are, you exactly a, are you a cruise queen? Uh, no. No. I've never been yeah. on a cruise, so no. I'm open to it. But my boyfriend hates the idea of sitting beside the same people every day at dinner. So I mean, there's thousands of people on that cruise ship, though. But I think you have to sit in the same place. Like you get given a seat. Are you joking? No, that's my understanding. Is that like you go to seat forty six and the same person's at seat forty seven every day? Oh. Okay. Well, I'll have a tray in my room. Thank you, John. <laughs> <laughs> So that, now you hear where my boyfriend's coming from. You also yes. don't want to go on a cruise. Yes. That, I mean, I would be sort of frustrated with the fact that you're stuck on a boat. You know, you're stuck on that ship. Mm. I mean, you do sort of get get to go to like, uh, you you know, like a small um, uh, village or like a, ta- a town you're visiting during the cruise. But it's only for a limited amount of hours. And you kind of always go back to the boat. Like, I like to be free. Yeah. When you asked me if I was a cruise queen, I, I for a moment I thought you were asking me, do I like cruising? <laughs> It's like, well, I don't normally discuss still, my sex life on the podcast. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, not even. Your dirty mind went there. See, yeah. this is why. Um, this is you why. would be great at Snatch Game. Look at you bouncing <laughs> off. Are you a boat cruise queen? How should I? Is there any other way of saying it? <laughs> no, no, no. You were, sorry. Are you a cruise queen? A I was like, queen. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, I don't know how we ended up there, but anyway. Uh, oh yeah, so on Sunita's, or on Jay McDonald's team, that was it. Um, yeah. 
I mean, where do we start? Let's end maybe with the best one. So let's go for Carla Bruni up first, who I know, uh, and I know is French, and I'm pretty sure has a has a pop career as well. Um, I didn't get any Carla Bruni off off the Grand Dame, and I don't know, like, I thought this. And I was like, that's basic of me, Keen. And then Alan Carr said it, and I was like, it's still probably basic. But I do genuinely think she could have done a good Celine Dion. That, we said the same thing. The moment they said it's going to be Snatch Game, we said Le Grand Dame is probably going to do Celine Dion, which is very smart because she has that really skinny, slender mm-hmm. posture. Skeletal. Yeah. yeah, well, I don't, didn't want to go all the way there. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but very, like, you know, very there. Um, and um, it is that sort of when, she, when Le Grand Dame just speaks, she has that um good enough yeah that good enough of a voice but also that good enough of the balance of like still english but with that very thick french accent which would have been because Celine speaks really great english but she does have that in there so that would have been her normal voice would have been the exaggeration of Celine. period and she wouldn't have to add it on craziness and then you know the arms and like the clap on the arm she does and, and sort of the 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 I am the Beyonce of the show energy that Celine has when she's on her own stage and performing. That could have been really, really funny. Um, but I also understand that now with Celine's situation, it's hard to sort of tap into a person when, you know, there's so much uh, stress around somebody's health and it's scary if you're going too far. And I think that with Carla Bruni, um, yeah, she was stuck. And it's it's you get stuck really really quickly. She made a joke to me that wasn't funny at all about the supermodel and the model and a couple of grams that really took it in a, in a direction that was just not going to be saved. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. And I think she, he- hearing your experience, I think had maybe something similar where she seems to have really practiced Carla Bruni, and then Rue throws her a suggestion. Yeah that then like sends her spinning and then goes well I'm just gonna stick with what I know um so yeah I guess it was probably too late for her to pivot into a Celine or something like that um yeah but also Also, on my season Mo changed her character last minute to do oh because she was supposed to do Gordon yeah she was supposed to do Gordon Ramsay and then she chose to do Billy because Rue sort of gave her that ball like he sort of went oh but isn't this with your personality doesn't really ta- easy to tap in. So it does work for girls, you know, it does work if you can take that ball and throw it back and then receive it and just sort of bounce around with it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately this, this case it didn't. And I think the same for Gothi in that sort of first talk through, um, you know, I felt you... so bad for Gothi trying to yeah. do the Ozzy Osbourne. It was, <laughs> and Rue saying you better do it or I'll beat you up is both like incredibly menacing and not menacing at all when you saw the little fists <laughs> you were like I'm, I'm physically safe from you but maybe not financially safe right and also at the same time giving her material to to be like I'm handing you the joke sort of I'm handing you the stick like if you just with every answer you're going to be giving me if you if you don't if, my, if you don't know from my answer I'm gonna kick your ass. It's like you, she's just handing it out there. Uh, this is yeah, what yeah. I want you to do. It's hard, sort of. This is the same thing um, I talk about with so many of the girls that in my own experience as well. When you're in front of RuPaul and you haven't been before, um, you kind of want to be the I am professional. I am in the moment. I'm respecting you. I look up to you. Conversation. But yeah. all Rue wants you to do is act a fool. 
Yeah. And it's hard yeah. to let go and it's hard to sort of become the I don't I I'm gonna make a fool out of myself, but I'm not gonna be embarrassed about it. And that's for Gothi, that's really where her 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 wall is, you know. That's she's so scared to be a fool. She's so scared to be ugly in in that way of comedy has yeah. to sort of have an ugly side to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and to play, I think like Rue described it really well on the on the runway, which was like there's that inner child in you that wants to get out and play and we're we're kind of yeah. used to the, the the trauma we all experience as teenagers yeah, yeah. wraps that kid up and it's it takes a lot to to find places that you're comfortable to let them out again yeah because when you are a child you're not scared to fall you're not scared to hurt yourself you're not scared to be ugly or stupid or crazy but we have been sort of bullied for that because we weren't we weren't all of that you know so you you sort of do get pushed into this little cavern you're creating to not being able to give people a reason to bully or do all of that so yeah it is it is a, it is a crazy um and for some girls it just it just clicks and it goes and it, it's on and then that's what it is and for other girls it's not and you know it, yeah, totally understandable uh but i just want to squeeze her i think she's so adorable i think she's so sweet and cute and so fashionable and pretty and yeah you just want to give her a little hug i know i I to- totally and like not only is there, there are two issues here is that one is like she's struggling in her own confidence to do any sort of impersonation mm-hmm. but then she takes on one of the biggest like personalities in British queer pop, pop culture who's done to perfection by the Vivian was done pretty well by Victoria Scott on Canada versus the world has been done before yeah. to a high standard it's like you're 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 Taking on one of the biggest targets and you're not that confident even is like, at least if she had tweaked it to a smaller character or a lesser known person, you know, there's a l- smaller gap to fall. But she like she swung big without the confidence, which is really, diff- you know, setting herself up for failure, unfortunately. Well, maybe I think that honestly, she did sort of choose it to be to push herself. To be like, this is the challenge I want to put there out there for me. And this is how I want to push myself. And uh, she probably watched a lot of the material from Kim, but also from the other girls, uh, you know, like the Vivian and stuff. But now now knowing, and for me, it's been a while since I filmed my season and the whole layer conversation, she could have actually done the layer of like, you know, the Vivian in there. Because, you know, Rue is such a big fan of the Vivian and, and, and sort of, yeah, there's another ball to bounce. But it is hard if you choose such a such a character as Kim Woodburn because we all love her you know yeah it's hard it's really hard it's really hard Fran Drescher then your girl Kate Minaj Fran Drescher what was her I guess having and not to speak for her but you know what do you think her motivation was with this character um I think her motivation for this character was probably that Fran Drescher uh, or as Fran Fine, as she was playing it, once played mostly, was very, is just a very loud character, is very out there, has a really obnoxious, funny laugh um, that I think sh- she thought was going to be comfortable to play with. Yeah, um, which I guess is not too far away from the character of Sophie Anderson, just... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just different, yeah, <laughs> lengths. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's really the motivation of why she chose that character. You know, the the leopard print is really fun and it, it really gives you sort of a, an idea of what a person is going to be like, very fashion-y. But I think that exactly the the layers of like being loud and funny and obnoxious laugh, which gives you a couple of handles to, to hold on to. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean that makes sense. Like, and she's been done before, but not too often. So it's good. Like she's still there for the taking. Um, what do you think went wrong? Um, probably um, a bit insecure. Like, you know, and, and I always tell these people, don't forget, it is an ice cold room with silence. And it's very hard to sort of act into nothing, you know, in a camera. Uh, if I if I look at it really objectively, because I've known Kata for so long and, and she's really my sister, but if I look at it objectively, I can tell that uh, she's a bit insecure at that moment. Like she's looking down a lot. She's not looking straight into the camera. And that gave me sort of the the sense of the, the sense of being like, oh, she's just nervous um, and not sure. And like and you have to sort of every time you get the opportunity to speak, you have to sort of go all the way out there, throw every joke you have at them. Uh, in the hope that some of them stick or some of them are really funny. Um, yeah, she, yeah, just push it. She could have pushed. That's absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think you see, you know, for her, I think coming from the bottom two last week, she's already on the back foot and she's like really, like, I think it's like, I really want to do well. And that just kind of creates a kind of, I felt like there was a bit of like a paralysis going on that she was just kind of in her head and not living it i think in a way yeah um, that's that's what i said is like you want, really want to be that uh you know a professional and prepared and 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 perform really well also because you're in front of rupaul and then there's jay mcdonald and then there's these girls in your team and you want to prove yourself from being in the bottom of the week before but but all they want is you to act a fool but if you're so stuck in that mindset of like i want to be good i want to be i want to deliver then it's hard to let go yeah, and we, do you think it's more difficult to bounce off each other in the family format than in the in the OG format? Yes, one hundred thousand percent. Yes, because you're it is because you're is, like separated. You're like you've only half the people, I guess, beside you. Yeah, um, you can't really what, bounce off the other other side of the room because you know, like it does that just doesn't work. Um, and and then it's hard to place these characters as they are so differently and from all over other places of the world in one family and then bounce with each other. When it's, when it's the other format, you're sort of sitting in one group and then it just kind of all happens and you can fill up silences or you can return jokes that are in the room. And that just, that, that is just very different in this format. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a character like Fran Drescher will be very good at bouncing off of the people, I think, and like reading them. So I guess, that could have that was probably also a disadvantage to her as well. Yeah, I mean, she could have, um, you know, how Bianca did um, Judge Judy and she brought puppets and all of that. Maybe she could have brought like a CC puppet or a Niles puppet. Yeah, um, and you know, or like uh, uh, sort of Maxwell is so old nowadays that he's just a cardboard cutout in the back of you know my career, or you know, sort of yeah, that could have been a funny thing. Yeah, still there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're, they're good ideas. Get, yeah. get back on Savage Game. Uh, <laughs> finally, <laughs> Marina gave us Manny uh, Pacquiao. Yeah. Pac- no, pa- Pacquiao, uh, who is a sports person I was not aware of. I don't know how familiar you are with him. Uh, sports? What, what's that? What's who's, what's... <laughs> it's the thing that the hot guys play. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, unfamiliar. <laughs> um. Did a quick Google, boxer turned politician, had some homophobic remarks in the past from the Philippines. Um, I think, you know, Marina has been so strong 
and Snatch Game has got the better of of queens such like Pangina and stuff like that when who are coming from you know a totally different set of cultural references at times. Uh, so you'd be worried that she wouldn't be able to pull us out of the bag. I think for what she was working with, she did she did a good job. She had her bits set up. She worked with them. She kind of like she gave her answer and she worked it into the joke that she was going to do. Mm-hmm. Like I think she did a pretty good job for somebody who was probably out of their comfort zone. Yeah, and it's a hard character to do, I guess. Um, you know, a male and then still having a fem fem thing in there. Now that you're mentioning it, it, she probably could have taken that homophobic energy a little bit further. Because it is such an eternalized issue for us to, you know, when people are homophobic that, you know, it, the best thing to do about it is to return it and really take the piss out of it. I think Rue would have really responded well to those jokes. Um, because that's, we just know how he is that, you know, that, that that's just really funny. No, but she did have her shtick prepared and she did really take the moment when she got a question. She went there, she stepped in front of it. She had the heel on, she had... You know, I, I mean, at this, when she was doing the, her little like heel reveal, I was like, why is she explaining that she has her name on her pants? Like, it's always that level of like, if you have to explain something or if you have to explain the joke or if to explain the look, what everybody says, is it that great? Shouldn't we get it? The first thing we see. But um, it was it was good in the family. Yeah. But she also like she called back to uh, something she said on the show, like that sticky rice, which. I mean, is is like a build on the Vanity Milan mm. joke, um, and then it was like, oh, I saw a Filipino queen on your show last week, and she said sticky rice. <laughs> I was like, again, you've kind of overexplained that one again. But I guess that that comes from the insecurity of worried someone isn't going to get your joke, so you panic and you explain it when you probably don't need to. True, and I think that as well. Like, not everybody gets everything, but there's definitely fans that love that reference and love that joke. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, on to the runway. It has gone cruising, nautical looks. First up was Kate Minaj with this gorgeous, asymmetrical pirate look. There was brown, there was gold, there was different shades of blue over a gold corset. I feel this was very Kata and looked great. It was very Kata. It looked amazing. The, the detailing was done really, really well. It wasn't crazy over the top. It was really the perfect balance between that really soft side, the rough side. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I was very proud of her for coming up with this look. And it's it's very Kata, like very Kata, that asymmetrical, uh, almost sort of femme and mask in one look mm, that she loves there was to a, create. kind of nipple piercing, which was kind of like yeah. an anchor and stuff like that. There was like, there was a, there, there was a really good gender fuck aspect to the dress, yes. which is great. Yeah, she does that really well. She executes it really, really well stunning yeah she looked amazing it, it was just really it, it it made me constantly look at different aspects of the outfit it made me interested in more and yeah it was beautiful yeah looked great Chorita May uh, gave us this triple boobed octopus latex wig thing with uh kind of the classic nautical white with um blue stripes and there was tentacles and everything uh this was nice I liked this too I liked it. I wasn't, uh, no, what we, what we said was it was executed extremely well. She looked really, really good at it. All the proportion works really, really well. Was I all the way gagged? Maybe not. Maybe not. It is a, we've seen variations of this idea in the past, but it, it worked really well for her and she looked amazing. You can't say anything else about it. And and we do love that sort of striped white and blue uh, the Jean-Paul Gaultier reference in there which is just very nautical yeah 
Yeah. I mean, I, in the words of Widow Von Doom, my throat was relaxed, but I did enjoy it. You know. <laughs> also, I'm done with triple boobs. We've okay. seen triple boobs so many different ways. There's been a triple boob reveal. There was boobs with eyes on it. I feel we've pushed the triple boob narrative as far as we can. I, I think we should just wrong. go no boobs at all for a whole season. Just... Yeah, I think we, we need to counterbalance the Jimbo effect of it all and yes. just have a have a have a RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars No Breastplate Edition. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> or No Breastplate Necklines Edition. That would be nice yeah. too. Um, but how about if we create a just a breastplate with the one boob? Yeah, and then it's and then it's just really saggy and hanging and sad. Why not? I, Why not? Variety. <laughs> It's of light. You could swing it around as well. Like <laughs> uh, Laurent Dame was up next with this custom Jean-Paul Gaultier look with a red wig and some pizza uh, boxers underneath. Oh my God, measure. wow. <laughs> I was more jealous of the fact that she's like, oh my God, she doesn't have, she doesn't have to wear padding and five pairs of tights and oh my God. <laughs> Pee breaks? No. She was, oh my God, it looks so comfortable. Oh, jealousy. Um, look, I'm not great with fashion. This show has taught me a lot. But I definitely prefer concept more than fashion because although like fashion people love this and Jean-Paul Gaultier customized it himself, I didn't get it. I I got it from that fashion point of view, 100%. It looks gorgeous. It's executed extremely well. It, it fits her aesthetic. It fits her brand, if you will. Um, I mean, it, of course, it's an honor if you're friends with Jean-Paul Gaultier and he helps you style it and and that gives you a lot of confidence. Um, but hey, listen, I am also not that very like fashion runway or fashion forward queen. You know, I do have a really big lick of old school drag in my drag. Um so I yeah, for same I feel the same. I it was gorgeous, it was amazing, it was stunning, it was beautiful. But, yeah. Yeah, I personally, I didn't get the circle thing around the waist with the kind of, like, the bullseye. And, like, it looked, like, interesting, but I just didn't understand the shape. But again. It was giving me sort of flower or, like, rose petal flower moment. I think the interesting thing about that skirt was that it creates a different shape on the front and then it's still on the side. It's still skinny i don't know let's let's call it fashion darling fashion yes exactly fashion is not always to be understood i feel like (laughs) yeah i'm saying i'm wrong here i don't understand it i'm 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 sure john paul goody is better at this than me (laughs) so i'm gonna take his word for it yeah let's trust Uh, (laughs) scarlet envy was up next very fun concept here, talking about concept of recreating what Rose would be like if she had gone down with the ship instead of Jack, wearing the wearing the heart of the neck heart of the ocean necklace, um, just sort of naval ghost character, which is a really fun character to do and gave Scarlet a lot of scope to just be glamorous and spooky in equal measure. I thought she did great. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, great concept, executed really well. I mean, they all executed well. Let me not say that for every queen, but um, yeah, done really well. I the only thing I have sometimes with these looks is that the acting in and around the look becomes a bit gimmicky at times. 
like you do, you know, you 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 do sort of constantly get the whole, oh, I'm cold. But I'm like, well, the look already explains that, you know. So then I would have, I want to feel that from the look and see that from the look, but then still sort of give fashion in the face, like a little bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, no, it, I is a, it is a very thin balance there. But um, no, really fun. I do think that that headpiece was really heavy. Like it just looked really heavy. I, I don't know if she was struggling, like, you know, you work, sis, but it looked really heavy. And I'm like, I'm, I'm happy that's not my head, girl. Not today. Like, it, but yeah, really well. Like, it, it was giving, if Jack would have been on that board and Rose would have been in the water. Yeah, 100%. I, yeah. I when, you, when you mentioned the, the shivering aspect of it, I wonder, was there a part of... Scarlet, who knows how much Rue loves Blair St. Clair's, like, I'm cold, shh, moment. Maybe, maybe. It does, it does all sort of drip down, you know, like the, the those, the, the inspirations and, and, and also the, the jokes, so, you know, it becomes part of the lingo. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Gothy was up next in this Grecian Venus uh, choral, um, I guess, you know, corset almost uh with these nice blue clam breasts and kind of tails at the side she looked great she looked great period period and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, um no she looked amazing uh very um it was almost giving me kylie minogue's aphrodite vibe like that whole whole energy she did looked amazing it uh, great on her body but missed the briefing sort of feels like or there That's was what a, I was going to say. Yeah, there was a block of creativity. She didn't. She was like, "Oh, this is just pretty and it's amazing," and it wasn't edited further or thought out further or uh, try to push any limits there. Because yeah, because what I was going to say, and this is very pedantic, which is like, I think the tie into the nautical theme was the kind of clamshelled breast thing, uh, but Venus is like the god of beauty, not the god of the sea, which is Poseidon. So. Mm. Is that where she's missed the brief? I would say, I don't know if you've seen Poor Things, that Oscar-nominated movie with Emma Stone. Um, but this this looks like it could be in that because it's really, like, hyper-real and all the blues are really blue and all the pinks are really pink and something like that. So this would fit in that movie. Um, but no, end of the day, she looked great. Hanaconda gave us this Victorian cruise liner lady with this lace parasol and a really regal you know, deportment. Uh, Hannah is Hannah always looks great the execution of whatever she wears is always brilliant and I still don't think she gets the appreciation for it that she deserves I mean yeah it was it was done well it looked like I was saying like I was so obsessed with her face that episode and the wig there was no lace there was it was just melted into her and it just became it's almost like that's just how I know her oh yeah that's you know that's that's that 18 like Venetian woman it's just like her and she's on a cruise she's in the first class darling you know like it it yeah does she get the appreciation for it I think that they do recognize but they love a rough edge. How many times have they said we want to see your vulnerable side? If it's really perfect and amazing, then it gets overlooked a little bit, I think, yeah. I mean more from the fandom, I think, because I don't think she's considered as having this like great execution on the runway in a way that other queens do because she's seen as kind of goofy and stuff. But she mm. always looks... Like, I feel she's a real drag queen's drag queen in terms of, like, the finish is something that I think, like, drag queens can appreciate more than regular, regular schmucks like me. Well... 
Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, because it's it's done. Um, it is the same thing my drag mom does. She's like, it's from head to toe. There's a concept and everything adds up to each other, but it isn't overdone and it isn't too much and it isn't too literal. Like she does do it really well, and then she acts it out in the same character. But maybe that's uh, you know, maybe that's what it is. It's like the the whole runway is that character, but how is that character also part of the brand Hanaconda? You know that, and that's the difficulty with preparing these runways before you go. Um, it's one concept, but it also has to be you, and but it also has to be really strong as a concept. There's a very thin line of of where that ends and where that starts, um, which I'm very familiar with. <laughs> Tea Coffee gave us the Kraken, this black latex oil sticky um, tentacled monster. I thought a real good detail here was the boat on the wig because it mm-hmm. gave because it gave the scale of the monster a lot better than because you just kind of saw Tia and a few arms. You're like, oh, okay, cool. But then actually, when you think of the boat being on the on the waves and then this huge monster underneath the water i thought actually was a really clever level of detail the clever um, thing i loved about it was that we don't know what's under the water we don't know what's under the sea it's such a un- unexplored depth of of craziness so that was really smart that it was like oh you know we're, we're this little piece of the world and the little planet we're, we're that little boat and then there's so much more going on underneath that we have no idea of um which which is really exciting to watch we missed gloves. We would have loved to see her full hand in the same latex and then only her head out of the latex. And I cannot for the life of you tell you how I was dying for her to just do a small moment on all fours and run around that, that catwalk as if sort of the tentacles were coming out of the water and like crazy. It would have made sense with a boat, but I would have just enjoyed that goofy, yeah. goofy moment. I um, that would have been great. And yeah. she would have been able to pull that off. Yeah, I think that would have been great. But that's just, you know, my little gay heart was like, oh my God, just go on all fours and do it. Um, I don't know how, the, how how she felt and how Theresa May felt when they saw each other's looks. Because they sort of did, oh, both did inflatable yeah. mm. latexy looks. You're right, and I think the edit was good to them by not putting them after each other. Because yeah. normally, or often, the runway is in a similar order to the challenge. So, mm-hmm. like, you would, from top left to bottom right, you would get the runway. And that would mean that they were coming after each other, whereas the runway here had no real tie-in to the challenge. Um, so I think they were good to put them separate. Yeah. Because otherwise people would have directly compared um finally marina uh gave us this anchor sailor moon bubble breasted pop star moment with a anchor at the end of her ponytail i loved this this was this was k-pop brilliance i thought it was brilliant we we as the dutchies we love water we're very connected to the water and in general i did water in my dress uh we love dykes i did water in my dress in holland as well so i was really that's really exciting to me. You know, that's a really fun concept. And it's, it's, it's weird enough that not everybody does it. And it's, if you execute it well, it's really great. I wasn't a fan of the skirt, but I did love the bra. I love the boot, the, the heel situation. I love the wig with the anchor and that whole shtick she did at the end where she's like, I'm still pulling, I'm still pulling. And then it was really, really funny. Uh, and also gives you that time for the judges to, 
you know, have one more little look for another 25 minutes. You know, it was great. And and those arms were moving quickly. She was she was like yeah. a sailor trying to pull yeah, like, yeah. her up. They were so quick. Uh, I do you can't fa- imagine the look? amount of glue and the amount of pins that were in that wig yeah. holding that for dear life because it must have been heavy. Uh, I mean, it might not have been as heavy as it looked, is what I'd say. Maybe. But <laughs> I, I take your point. I I, yeah, a lot. Maybe, maybe. Even the maybe. hair alone would have been heavy. Yeah. Um, did you have a favorite look? I mean, definitely Kate Minaj's look is one of my favorites, not just because she's my Dutch sister, but I, I do think that it was that level of sophistication and detail uh, and very much on brand for her and not tacky that I really, really, really enjoyed about this look. Um, I loved Tia Coffee's take on it, like I said, that the the unexplored depths of what's underneath, that was really smart. Um, and then I think Scarlett's look was, you know, comedy without being comedy. So really, fu- like in a funny way, relatable for the movie and the concept of of Titanic and then just explosively well done. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I'd show Marina up there as well. I really liked it too. Um, but yeah, they I agree with all of them. Uh, and I actually totally agreed with the judging this week. Teresa and Marina were safe, leaving Scarlett, um, Tia and Hannah in the top three, Keita, Gothi and Le Grand Dame in the bottom three. Um, the edit was telling me that Keita was doing worse than Le Grand Dame and I guess I trust the edit showed me the full picture of what was going mm. on in the room. But uh, I, from the actual answers I saw, I actually thought Le Grand Dame was struggling more than Keita. So I would probably might have put Le Grand Dame in the bottom. With the only thing I but, think we see with the edit is that the Le Grand Dame just had a little bit more in the edit. So it feels like she tried a little bit more or she tried to just sort of throw out a bit more material or jokes. Uh, I think that's the difference between Keita and Le Grand Dame, that in the but, edit uh, at least. Yeah, and in the edit as well, you get this... Uh, confessional from Kata going this is going so badly like I think they mm. they told us Kata was doing worse but they showed us that the Grand Dame was doing worse I think um, maybe yeah but again like you know I am someone who watches the edit I can get a bit conspiratorial but I also like have to trust that they're just trying to reflect something to me that took place over 40 minutes and I saw 50 minutes of so that's very it cool. also has to make sense in the end of the episode and yeah. at the end of the seasons you know Exactly. Um, Sepulcheta and Gothi up for deliberation. Um, I generally thought Keita was going to be safe because we had this moment from Gothi. Gothi got a little mirror moment talking about how she's trying to find herself, that she finds it hard to date. She d- clearly has a worse track record from Keita. Tia and Hannah seemed like they were probably going to play fair. So I actually was genuinely... Surprise, Kata went home. You probably had a different experience because you were watching it with Kata. But <laughs> uh, so I guess it's hard to answer how you would have thought things would have went home. But how would you have thought things would have happened if you didn't? I mean, I, um, I, I mean, it was so, it was so sad. You know, I felt so bad for um, my dear sister. When you go home, it's never really a fun thing. You know, it's it's always kind of hard. I do have to say though, when we were watching the um, the talks, the conversations uh, with the top two queens, how they how they bounce off and like why why do you want to be here or what's the my motivation for choosing the lipsticks. I do feel like Kata did fight a little bit harder and she proved a little bit more or or she was like, you know, I did I wasn't the top ones and I do have something to um 
to prove as well as to show. And for me, if if I would have been there and Gothi would have been like, oh, I don't know, or even with her conversation with Tia, where she was able to really allow emotions or really allow her to, to to cry in front of a UK sister. It doesn't have to be the international sisters, but you know, I I, I would have, yeah, just she couldn't let go in anything. So that would have been a motivation for me to be like, you know, uh I I I do want the girls here to push and to to break those 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 limits. But at the same time, maybe maybe the motivation was that Keita wasn't the top and she's a strong competitor. We've seen it with Jimbo. We've seen it with Pangina. We've seen it with, you know, it, it, let's get the, the yeah, we've, Manila. We've, we've also seen it with um, uh, these girls that choose to just eliminate strong girls or girls that they think could be a threat in other challenges. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and, I... and we won't, we won't really know until next week why the, cho- the, the choice was made, but. Agreed. And, we might not even know next week. And like, I mean, I, Keita had a much higher chance of going on to win a further episode than Gothi did, I think. So she definitely was bigger competition. Um, I think Tia eliminated her because of the competition, but has also, because she's, she's clever, right? She has her reason. She has her justification, which was like, I saw when Gothi came to me and said like she's struggling to you know improve while in the show I really related to that and I remembered how I was in season two and I couldn't send her home like that's her that's her her reason but actually I think it was just bigger competition I mean there's two sides to that so for me it's like okay but question number one is do you feel like you are going to be babysitting babysitting is maybe not the correct term but or do you feel like you're going to have to be take the responsibility of pushing somebody out of that boundary and and sort of trying to open them up because you chose them to stay um and at the same time uh, we also know that if you do get eliminated because you are stuck in that you also know what it's gonna be like after and how it opened you and how it broadened you and how it pushed you after what happened to the show so there it is a really thin line of like yeah, am I going to keep you here because I'm going to be able to help you? Or it's going to be easier for me to win because you're just not there all the way? Or should I send you home because I know you just need your space from this environment and you need to burst that bubble in your own way? It's, it's a yeah. really, yeah. It is tough. And I mean, like, you're so right in that, like, Gothi Basie was like, I want to stay here because I'm really enjoying myself. Whereas Kate was like, I have this opportunity and I want to make the most of it. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, for me, it's obvious who should have went home. Anyway, mm. I'm trying to remember, who did you send home? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Uh, well, <laughs> I uh, when I won my episode, I sent home Cheryl. Cheryl That Hall. was it, Cheryl. Yes, yeah. it was the design challenge. Uh, I mean, what does that conversation go like after the show? Well, I mean, once you finally see each other again, um... It is actually quite okay. It's actually quite good. I mean, there's there's a little bit of space in between there where the girls get the deal and sort of, you know, um, accept the fact that it, it happens. If I look back at it, I, you know, in the television making sense, it would have made sense to me that I would have sent Jujubi home uh, for the whole sake of, you know, you've been here so many times and, and uh, you know, the, the looks aren't just the looks. And, um, you know, it, 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 I kind of felt bad for sending Cheryl home also because 
she I, I guess I could say I am the closest to Cheryl out of my whole season at this very moment in time yeah um, we are in touch oh, a lot I remember the and... whole recreation of it in Dragcon now it's coming back to me yeah 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 like yeah, but yeah. even that we, we do like you know her and Hayden her husband we've done double dates with me and my boyfriend and you know we do try to get to always see each other when we are in the countries or around or you know we call a lot and it's it's sort of weird how that makes you stronger sisters as well for it to happen but it does it does at times it feels like you do sort of block somebody's opportunity and you do block somebody's narrative and you know she's such a talented queen and maybe just not that weak and like it's just it's just weird but in the end there's never between these girls there's never sort of a grudge for making choices maybe between Jimbo and Pangina for a month or two but (laughs) I don't know if I could have forgiven you if you'd sent home a Junjbi. That's all I'm saying. No, but I'm, see, but I think I, I, that's what I'm saying. I I'm don't joking. think I could have forgiven myself if I did that. But if you look at it from a television point of view, it would have been great TV. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, it's just, well, I th- yeah, I I think it is in the moment, but sometimes I think like the season can be worse for it. Like I think Manila leaving in season four kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Through that, through that season, kind of up in the air in a way, but. I think also in Tia's favor here is like this isn't the first time Keita has been in the bottom. It's not like a Jimbo falls once gets kicked out or Pangina falls once gets kicked out. True. Yes, Keita was double. So like, although she still deserved to stay, it's less of a it looks less of a seize the opportunity from Tia, I suppose as well. That is also the the concept now is like, do I want to compete against the strongest? Do I want? The strongest to go home, so it's an easier road for me to the win. Do I go off of like, oh, but you've won a challenge, so you're great, so you should stay and show more? Can I trust you or can I not trust you? It's very, yeah, yeah, it's very there. Absolutely. Uh, the lip sync was to Alcazar's crying at the discotheque. I mean, Eurodance, classic. Did you think Tia deserved to win the lip sync? I do think Tia deserved the lip sync. Um, it was very clear that uh, they both went a different way with how they wanted to do the lip sync. Hannah Cotta was much more disco, fun, you know, a good, uh, exciting lip sync. And then Tia just went all comedy and out there and she was mimicking every word of the song and and, and she really pushed it the other way, which I think was really smart. Uh, that makes it exciting to watch the lip sync uh, develop over time. But yeah, her pulling out the the toilet paper and, and it's just, yeah. That's what did it for me yeah, as well. Yeah. That, yeah. that blue roll. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, it's really the antithesis to drag, right? Yeah. Isn't it? It's like it this is. is all glamour, and then this is just real rough industrial blue roll. Doesn't that blue blue toilet paper also remind you of cruising in a way? Yeah, it does. both both we're back, types. Of we're back at it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I she did deserve to win. It was good. It was a really great yeah. thing. She looked great. They both looked amazing. Um, Hannah did that little forehead thing in her wig, which we all know her for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, and we love a Euro dance. I mean, I'm the queen of Euro dance at this point. You know, it's just we're so so into it. Uh, so now that your Dutch sister is gone, who are you rooting for to win? I do want to say my two favorites at this point are Marina and Tia. Yeah, I think that they're, they're both just really developed and Marina is so prepared for this season. She came to slay so hard. Um, and at the same time, Tia, especially from her first season up to now, was so comfortable in her skin, which is very enjoyable. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see how this turns out. Yeah, Tia really has that 
all-stars arc of coming and feeling fully formed when you were rough around the edges before, which is really satisfying as a viewer. Yeah. Um, whereas Hannah, who I still kind of want to win, I don't necessarily see evolution in the drag, but I see a really, really high caliber of drag that I really would like to see recognized on the world stage. So this conforms. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Jenny GK, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Uh, let me know what you are up to that people can follow you online or shows that you've got going on. Tell me it all. I mean, there's so much going on and happening that we can't always talk about, as you know. Uh, but uh, you can definitely follow me on all social medias at Jenny GK and keep you updated. Um, there's definitely some really cute stuff coming out there that I can't wait to show everyone. And thanks so much for having me on CC.pod. I've been a fan. Oh, thanks. You're very welcome. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week.